Welcome to the In The Zone podcast with Mike Ryder and Josh Hughes. This podcast may contain swearing, plus it will be filled with lots of interesting chat. All the views are expressed are our own and are not those of our institutions or employers. You're welcome to share your own views in the comment box on the website. And if you like what you hear, please like, share and subscribe. And you can find out more on our website, innerzonepodcast.com. Or on Spotify, iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also like us on Facebook. So, without further ado, here's this week's episode. So, hello everyone and welcome to the In The Zone podcast with me, Mike Ryder. And me, Josh Hughes. So, it's been a little while since our last podcast and today we're going to talk a little bit about NFTs, also known as non-fungible tokens. So, these have been in the news a fair bit recently. Um, You may have seen them on social media, potentially. Um, the, the monkeys, uh, the board, the board eight yacht, yacht club. Yeah. Yes. Um, have you come across NFTs, Josh, in your line of work? Yeah, we've had a few discussions at work, um, but I think being involved in technology and, and being interested in technology, I think I've been drawn into it um, by lots of you know targeted adverts and um, targeted um, news article references from from google i think probably um so yeah i think i've done, I've done a little bit of reading about nfts they're, they're interesting so I'm, I'm glad we're going to speak about them today yeah so it's probably worth starting at the beginning with them really and having a little chat about well what they are and what's been happening in terms of the market with these things so nfts are based on blockchain technology this this um a little bit like Bitcoin in the sense that it's essentially a, a chain of encryption that kind of verifies ownership of something. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, to me, I think the, the simplest way to explain blockchain is a um, is a database that can't be altered once it's been written, or would be very difficult to alter when, once it's been written. Um, so when it comes to Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies, you know, it would say, okay, Josh Hughes owns um this much bitcoin and transferred x amount of bitcoin to to Matt rider and then that's been saved in the database um or saved on the blockchain um and that's you know in that way and it can't be rewritten or it's not supposed to be able to be rewritten <clears throat> um and the nfts are kind of saying that well a way in saying that um you own something via the blockchain so you demonstrate your own you can demonstrate your ownership of a particular item um so rather than saying um josh Hughes owns a bitcoin it would say josh Hughes owns this particular um digital item mm. and then you can trade it to, to mike rider or to whoever yeah it's it's interesting isn't it i mean the technology itself i think has a lot of potential benefits uses but the main way that it seems to have come out recently is with association with these sort of little images, these little cartoons that seem to be selling for all sorts um, mm. online. I mean, I, I mentioned at the beginning the Bored Ape Yacht Club, which a number of um, high profile celebrities seem to be endorsing. And the idea being, of course, that you or I could go out and buy one of these images, these cool little cartoons, and we'd spend some money on it course we we inverted commas own it however and the, the, the issue I, I guess here is well 
it's not quite like it, the same as it would be if we were buying like a limited edition work of art because ultimately the images themselves are viewable online and mm -hmm. the whole point is that you can show your nft to other people and anyone should they so wish can use the copy paste function on their computer to sort of get a, get a copy of it as, as that were so what happens then is the, the value i in my opinion at least is quite limited because you spend maybe tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of pounds on an nft particular to me so i have my interesting in the zone ape for example and um you could just take a screenshot of it and essentially have the same image to use yourself the only difference being that i have some sort of blockchain proving my inverted commas ownership of said image yeah i think that's the thing isn't it is that you're not actually buying the image itself because you can't buy it you can't buy a digital image in the same way that you could a physical image as you said you're actually essentially buying a digital certificate that says you're the owner of the digital image or the mm. original digital image um so to me in, in so in that way it's a bit like um to me almost saying that you have the rights to a particular piece of music like um I don't know, whatever the number one is at the moment, you're the owner of the intellectual property behind that, but that doesn't mean that other people can't listen to it. That doesn't mean that other people, you know, if they buy it on, a, on an album or a single in a physical sense or in a digital file, they don't also, um, you have that, that file isn't, you know, is also there in the same way that, um, as you say, you could screenshot a board at Yacht Club and that the, the file that you've saved as a screenshot is, is also yours, but you're not necessarily the owner of the original um artwork or or indeed the you know, piece of music so i think in that way it kind of it, it, you can see there's kind of lots of theater actually around nfts and and blockchain and um bitcoin and i suppose web 3.0 is kind of the idea of everything will be decentralized in the future um you know and actually there's lots of parallels to things that already exist and you know we're being told this is a brave new world of uh, technologies that people over what twenty don't understand, even <laughs> though actually they're very much the same as um, you know previous technologies or pieces of IP or um, you know, other assets, I suppose. Mm. But I think one of the differences. I mean, I completely get where you're coming from with with the music link but i suppose the difference here being that in the world as it is supposed to work currently if i own a particular piece of music i uh, i would get royalties for said music in whatever medium it happens to be played i mean whether it's that i'm selling cds or mm -hmm. you're listening to it on spotify whereas with this whole nft game that the, there doesn't seem to be a proper sort of monetization of the ownership of said image as, as that as that were yeah i mean to be, to be fair i have seen um People who bought NFTs and don't really understand what they've bought. And then, so for example, I saw somebody who had, um, somebody screenshotted a conversation they'd had um, where they had, you know, done what we were saying before, screenshotted a picture of a, of one of these people from the, one of these images from the Board 8 Yacht Club um, and used it as their, I don't know, Instagram profile picture or what, or something, or Twitter maybe. Um, and the owner of this, nft had emailed them and sort of wasn't very happy that they were using this image um you know and claimed that not only were they the owner of the um image but that meant that they had they also had the ip over the image and so uh were the owner of the intellectual property 
and you know this person shouldn't be using the image without their permission and i don't think that's been sort of um whether that's relationship between owning the certificate having the certificate that says you are the owner and then also having the ip over the image is actually the same with with nfts i'm not sure if that relationship has been i'm not sure if that relationship has been um you know laid down in law yet anywhere um but it'd be really interesting to find out because if um the ip over these images is owned in the same way as music where for example you might be able to um, license other people to to use your ip you know i suppose um your know, artists get paid every time their music is played on the radio for instance you know should um an nft owner you know in this particular in the case of where it's an artwork should they be paid every time you know, their artwork is they are they, they apparently own um you know is used online for example Mm. um that's a i'm sure the owners of nfts will will, <laughs> will want that to happen um perhaps as, as exemplified by that anecdote i gave before about the person you know messing someone who was apparently using their their property um so yeah i don't i think there's not this maybe the nature of nfts isn't quite I mean, I, you know, I, I, before I was saying the kind of NFTs are very similar to things that already exist, but actually there's there's something that's not quite been worked out as to whether it's the same as as other assets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are two elements I've just noted down as as you were talking there, Josh. I mean, the first thing that strikes me is we're making this comparison with music, but at the same time, music there are certain standardised forms of consumption in which which can be regulated, monitored, and controlled. So. Either it's via a radio station, either it's via CDs that are sold, for example. Whereas with NFTs, how do you monitor, track, and enforce that? That that's sort of question number one, I guess. Because where are you using it? How can social media companies check this? Because there's no sort of consistent means through which people are consuming these NFTs, if consuming is indeed the right word. I mean, and the second thing that comes on to sort of the main point I wanted to raise in this podcast really is the idea of value. So I could go out and buy, say, the ownership of Bohemian Rhapsody, like one of the biggest grossing songs of all time. And there's some certain value in that because it's, cult it's a culturally significant piece of work that I imagine people will continue to listen to for years and years and years. The problem with NFTs as they stand currently is as works of art, inverted commas, I think the value is quite limited and it's quite short-lived as well. We're not going to be looking at these images of sort of little monkey avatars like in years and years to come and consuming them over and over again because there doesn't seem to be the same level of artistic merit in them to have an actual value that that is that that mirrors the value that they're being sold for like these things are going for what well, they were going for tens hundreds of thousands of pounds but is a small picture of a monkey really worth that yeah i think in terms of um <clears throat> the first point about monitoring and um i suppose marketization as well actually yeah you're right there's this it's difficult to see a um a monitoring of a of a of nfts in the same way as music as you said like <clears throat> there's not a spotify for nfts is there um at least not in these in, at least not at the moment i mean um you know perhaps we should mention that nfts aren't just these images they can be anything sort of digital so 
you know, there could be songs that are NFTs in the future or, mm. um, you know, pieces of writing, perhaps our essays and um, articles in the future will, will also be NFTs, who knows? Um, but, um, so yeah, there's not, yeah, there's nothing like, the same, there isn't the same infrastructure I, I, in terms of consumption. Um, but, you know, there is an infrastructure in terms of um, kind of sales and transfers. Like we said, it's, it's recorded on the blockchain. Uh, you know, they're quite big marketplaces for trading of NFTs, like things like OpenSea, I think is the biggest one. Um, but there's others as well. Um, and so, yeah, it, just, it feels like there's a, it's perhaps there's a marketplace that's clear and I was going to say regulated, but regulation is, it's not quite regulated because it's decentralized, the nature of the blockchain. It's not regulated in the same way that we would normally understand regulation. Um, <clears throat> but it is, you know, there are records uh, you know, on, on the on the blockchain, as I said. So I think it's perhaps there, there is some monitoring, but yeah, it's not in the same way as, yeah, like you say, if it was on the radio, then there would be a record of who who's owed what from playing a particular song on, on the radio. Um, but there's not going to be any record of who's looked at, um, yeah, picture of Board 8, Board 8 Yacht Club. Um, and I think, yeah, so I think there's that aspect that's, which, yeah, definitely makes it hard to track value, actually. Like, you know, if you're, if you, going back to music, if you have a song and, you know, it's streamed a million times every day, um, you, you know, you've got something pretty valuable there and you can, if you wanted to sell the rights to that song, you could, you know, make quite a lot of money. But having a board up, board eight yacht club image viewed a million times a day, well, you have no way of tracking that, do you? That's, and I think, so yeah, again, you, like you were saying, you don't really have an, a way of understanding the value. So I think that then links back to the, um, you know, the marketplaces where these, these files and um, NFTs are, are, are traded. Um, so the value is what the market says the value is. Um, uh, but I think because it's decentralized and, and unregulated, or at least not regulated in the, uh, with the same level of um, care and well, care. I mean, lots of regulators don't seem to care, um, but um, you know, at least set the same level of standards as you know other commodities. Um, you know, we're seeing lots of examples of quite, um, frankly, pernicious and and un um, trustworthy activities in, the, in these sorts of marketplaces. I know you've you've thought about. Um, whether there's whether NFTs are kind of a, a money laundering opportunity, or maybe some people are using them as a money laundering scam. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think that's definitely a problem that is becoming evident. In part, I think just because currently, as I said before, the, the NFTs that as as we know them currently don't really seem to have that much residual value. So in a way, they're almost like a representation of ownership of something so if you if you wanted to sort of send me some money for some sort of criminal activity or whatever it'd be much easier for you to um, for, or for me to buy or you to buy off me some sort of nft that is like the mark of that contract that we had and it's, it's a way of sort of selling sort of transferring money in, in a in a potentially criminal money laundering way I was just um, checking, actually, because um, this reminded me of the story about Jack Dorsey's first ever tweet. Mm. I, I don't know if you saw this, but he, he sold it as an NFT for $2.9 million. 
And it's essentially just a screenshot of his first tweet attached to an NFT. And, and at the time, I'm just looking at the, the BBC News article that was published at the time, like the, the person who bought it thought, oh, well, this is the, 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 like the, the Mona Lisa of, uh, of the Twitter world, of the Twitter sphere. But then in more recent times, it's turned out that this image is basically worth absolutely nothing. And he's lost basically $3 million on this, on this NFT. So we're seeing already, I think, the, 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 the potential flaws in NFTs as they stand today. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you know, the fact that the marketplaces are pretty much unregulated as well have allowed a lot of, um, you know, what in stock markets we would call pump and dump schemes. So, for example, mm. you, know, you could have a, a collection of NFTs or a, a single NFT, for example, where uh, I don't know, you put it on the market for a thousand, well, the Bitcoin equivalent of a thousand dollars, and then if you have a second account that can buy it for two thousand, and then you know you, you bump it up to I don't know, ten thousand dollars, and then somebody thinks that somebody else thinks that that's really valuable, and they pay twelve thousand dollars for it. So mm. then you've made that ten thousand dollars on top. You know, you, last time you bought it was ten thousand dollars. Somebody's bought it for twelve. That means you've just essentially made two thousand dollars from doing, um, you know, pretending to buy something, mm. um, shifting it between accounts, really. And I think um, that's to me is perhaps the most concerning aspect of it because, um, well, it's fundamentally dishonest, isn't it? it it's a you know, in that way, it's um, a Ponzi scheme, really. Well, I don't know, it's not quite a Ponzi scheme, but it's um, it's certainly a dishonest scheme for, you know, getting money off people who don't really understand what's happening or what's going on. Um, you know, you hear about some people who, you know, put 400 quid into um, cryptocurrencies or NFTs and then walked away the next day with, you know, thousands of dollars or thousands of pounds. Um, but, you know, you also hear about people who put a lot of money into something and, and lost it all. It's, um, I suppose that's the thing with markets that are overheated, is that people don't see that it's going to, when you're in the market and you're trying to make money off it and you're in the eye of the storm, so to speak, you can't quite see that the storm's going to pass and the market's going to, um, you know, it's not going to continue like that. It's not normal behavior, um, which is obviously very damaging for people if, you know, they put their life savings in something or, you know, they're, you know, they they end up losing a lot of real money. Uh, I suppose that's the difference, isn't it? Is that it's affecting? It's not just some. I think there's probably a lot of people who don't understand NFTs in the market. Who would they would think of? Um, they're sort of trading as some teenagers, um, you know, trading Im images of apes. Um, and you know, it's probably not. Most people from the outside would assume it's not. They're not really worth very much because, as you say, there's not very much sort of intrinsic value there. Um, but you know, you're also getting these people who are putting in, you know, say, real money, and it's going to cause them real issues in the real world, you know, outside of the digital marketplace, because um, it's really affecting how much how they can um, continue their life without, you know, the amount of money that they thought they had or they planned to have, um, or even thought they'd won out of the market in a way. Mm. Um, so I think there's real, there's certainly real world consequences to this, and it's not. Um, quite as silly or um, unserious as, as some people kind of have been thinking about it. I know it's, it's quite easy to think about it like that. So, um, mm. yeah, I think it's probably worth worth us thinking about the uh, the real world impacts. Mm. 
I mean, there, there's certainly an element of exploitation here, I think, from the people who are making all the money from these blockchain based uh, items. And I mean, even perhaps to the extent that they're exploiting the celebrities they're using as the public face of their mm. particular concepts, because it's all about the celebrities in a way, because someone say you're a big fan of a football team, um, you, the value you gain from your image of this this ape, say, because we're using the, the board ape yacht club as as an example here, the va part of the value you gain from that is the fact that it is associated with a certain person in a certain way, right? Because if you were just to see a picture of an ape on its own, that in itself doesn't necessarily have so much value, but there's a certain additional value that comes from the ownership or the association or X, Y, Z. Um, so yeah, there is, I think you're right, there is definitely this exploitation going on and we mustn't forget the real world consequences for people who are essentially, I mean, they're gambling, that's what it is, it's gambling, but then so is trading on the stock market. Trading on the stock market is gambling really, but people who make an awful lot of money out of it. Um, yeah, I suppose, uh, you know, in some ways the, I think you're right actually, the stock, you know, it is both gambling, but I think people know about the risks of the stock market, don't they? There's been crashes where they know things can go up or down. Um, but I suppose, you know, in a way, over the past sort of few months, we've probably seen at least the first NFT market crash, haven't we? Or at least mm. massive depreciation. Um, but I think, you know, it seem, almost seems like um, people got swept up in it a lot. I think, I think people who were really into it were very much into it. Um, you know, it's... It, made me think about one of the Winklevoss twins, you know, the um, brothers who tried to sue Mark Zuckerberg for part ownership of Facebook or having the original idea. I think that was part of the, the social network film. Um, you know, one of them, one of them said, um, you know, money is like a meme. It's, um, it's something that only has social value. I, I can't quite remember exactly what they said, but um, you know, in that sense, these NFTs are like memes and they're shared in a meme-like way, like it's a piece of internet culture, mm. but it also has that monetary value assigned to it because of the nature of um, what it is. Um, so in that sense, people are, as you say, well, some people will be gambling with it because they do understand the monetary nature of it, but there'll be a lot of people trading them coming to it with the perception of internet culture and sharing memes and viral videos and that type of thing. Um, you know, spending and losing and maybe making a bit of money, but not really understanding that that's what they're doing. And that's quite interesting. So not only is, not only are NFTs, um, you know, something on the blockchain, you know, recording things in a database, not only are they, artworks whether you think that they have real artistic merit or not but they're also fintech you know financial technology because um it's facilitating people's transa transactions of monetary value whether we think that the monetary value is well criminal criminally uh, inflated you know ignorantly inflated or um you know it's actually genuine and people want to spend the amount of money they are spending on these nfts um so it's, in a way, yeah, I think, I mean, I've just thought of that, so <laughs> I'm not sure how much I can um, pull out of those thoughts. But yeah, in a way, NFTs kind of, a, there are many more facets than I think is probably um, first assumed. Yeah, and I think what we're seeing here is 
it, we're, we're still in the speculation stage really with NFTs, aren't we? And, it, and it's not mm. really matured. The technology is not matured as yet. So I think partly what we're seeing here is this whole internet culture. It's kind of like the influencer thing, isn't it? Or, or people who are aware of the sort of Bitcoin millionaires, people who invested a couple of hundred quid at the beginning, suddenly come out as millionaires like a year or two later because of the massive rise of Bitcoin or whatever. So there's an element to which people are speculating because they want to be the next sort of big thing. Um, but you're right. I, I, there, there are so many potential consequences for all of this, and we're still yet to really understand the true impact of this. I mean, I just wanted to, I mean, to bring this podcast to a close, I wanted to think briefly about the future direction of NFTs and how perhaps they could be used in ways beyond merely those associated with these little avatars, these little pieces of internet artwork, if you want to call them that. Because this ties in very much with some stuff I teach at Lancaster, actually. So I, I teach digital marketing and social media at Lancaster. And one thing I'm really interested in is the blurring of worlds, the digital and the well, the digital, the virtual and the real world. I mean, this is a, a theme that comes up quite a lot in our, our podcast has over the years where we think about films like Ready Player One, for example, and the metaverse and the and ownership, what we mean and understand by ownership. So one thing that's always really interested me, because I used to work in video games when I first graduated from university, we would, for example, we, we I was a free, it was a free to play MMO I used to work on um, originally. And we would sell these items, these, these sort of things that have some sort of value in game. Like it might be a particular outfit, it might be like a pet for your character or so on and so forth. But of course, those things, doesn't matter how much you're charging for them, they only exist and have value within the context of that game itself. If I were to leave that game or if that game were to crash and sort of close down overnight, suddenly I've lost all value. And the thing with NFTs potentially, and I think this is why games companies are increasingly looking at getting into them, is they offer the potential to extend the value of a digital item beyond the realm of um, the sort of particular universe, particular game in which they're being used. So, for example, if I bought this particular pet in this game that I was working on 20 years ago, suddenly, if, if, if it was attached to an NFT, I could have inverted commas ownership of it beyond the realm of the game itself so, so i could prove that i own it or owned it even and that i think is potentially quite interesting when it comes to ownership of products across different universes i mean there's a lot there's a lot more technology that needs to be developed here and it does involve in uh, cooperation between the, the big sort of tech, tech companies in order to actually really enable this but i think there's a, a really interesting possibility here for how we own things in the digital world and how nfts can actually support that what do you think yeah i mean i think um i mean in a sense being able to take stuff with you across the internet is one of the promises of well decentralized internet in in web 3.0 but also partly into the metaverse so like you were saying if you had a particular skin in one game maybe that can be assigned to your avatar um but that avatar is then consistent across multiple games or multiple um, you know, VR chat room, you know, virtual reality chat rooms. So yeah, you can have the same, I don't know, jacket, whatever, um, on your avatar in, in across the internet. So I think in that sense, it can add to um, people being able to develop their digital identity, um, which could be really interesting. Um, but I think it also 
can lead to um well i was gonna say people following fashion but we also mentioned you also mentioned influencers and i think what's really interesting about nfts is that as you're saying lots of influencers or celebrities started promoting nfts when there was kind of a the bubble was growing um but people were able to get in on whether it was the board at yacht club or, or other similar things because there were thousands of different versions of the images that they could be that could be purchased so you would kind of join the club literally the board eight yacht club board eight yacht club um by buying rather than i don't know image number six that was being promoted by a celebrity for millions of, of dollars worth of bitcoin you could buy you know ten thousand and one for probably not very much um and so actually potentially there's a a future in which you're much like how people's fashion in the real world reflects um, you know, who they are and what kind of subcultures they're interested in or identify with. Um, perhaps our avatar, the fashion of our avatars in the metaverse or on Web 3.0 won't just reflect um, those same aspects about subcultures that we, we agree with or our fashion sense in the real world, but also um, you know, what influences we who's what, what content from different influences we consume or agree with um, and that type of thing and i suppose that could be really interesting particularly if it ends up um as lots of things have recently becoming um political in a quite polarized way you know you could imagine um i don't know having to have like people in vr chat rooms quite obviously denoting their kind of political allegiance as they enter a VR chat room based off their what their avatar is wearing or, or items their avatar is accompanied by. Mm. That could be quite interesting. Yeah. Um, one example that I use in, in my teaching, thinking about this link between the real world and the digital world, is the fact that we're increasingly seeing fashion brands enter the, the digital world, such that there was this case where, um, I think it was a, a Gucci handbag, was sold in Roblox auction for more than the value of the same handbag in the real world. Um, my students found this particularly interesting because there's an element to which you could say, well, okay, it's not worth anything because it's just a digital thing that the, the cost of production is almost zero versus mm. the real the real world physical item. But then there, there's the, the sense that actually you almost get more exclusivity from it because you can use it in far more circumstances than you might use a Gucci handbag in the real world. So there's this interesting crossover here between the value of the item in the real world versus the value in the digital world and what you get from owning such an exclusive item as such. Um, so I suppose NFTs there do offer some potential. But I was just, I was just thinking, because I, I saw this before I, we logged on the call to record this podcast. Um, there's increasingly this thing where these high-end fashion technology brands are thinking of using NFTs as a way to certify ownership of something. So you buy a luxury watch, you get an NFT certificate type thing that will sort of verify that it is the real watch that you say it is, as, as it were. But yeah. I was just thinking, actually, this could then also be transferred into the digital world because I, I envisage something perhaps with the metaverse where you buy a watch in the real world, but it comes with an NFT equivalent image in the metaverse. So essentially you wear your watch both in the physical world and the virtual world and so your ownership your your, your exclusivity as it were was tr was transferred which i think that in itself could also be quite interesting and might 
be something that sees further growth in the future? I think so. Yeah, you know, I um, there's, a, you know, there's some book publishers who, when you buy a physical book, you also get the ebook for free, and the same with some you know films. You get you know if you used to buy a DVD or a Blu-ray disc, you would get a digital download code. Um, you know, in the case. Mm. So I could see that happening. Yeah. Um, and one of the things you were talking about when you were, when you were speaking, particularly around that Gucci handbag being sold in, in Roblox, um, what it made me think of was um, when you speak to, if you ever speak to an antiques expert about um, like a fake painting or um, you know, something that's been counterfeited, um, you know, you see this on on the Antiques Roadshow or, or any of those sorts of programs. Um, so we said, oh, it's a fake, um, I don't know, version of, it's a fake Monet, for example. Well, how much did you pay for it? Well, I paid X amount. Well, if you paid X amount and you're happy with that, then that's, well, that's what it's worth, because that's what it's worth to you. It's not necessarily what it's worth to um, to the market or to other art dealers or art experts. But if you're happy with it and you're happy with the amount you paid, then it's okay. So in that sense, um, maybe I suppose what it made me think about was you know, people shouldn't feel um, that they're getting a particular amount of value from uh, NFTs based off um, you know, what the market's telling them or what they think it would, like I say, equivalence. Like the equivalence of the, of the Gucci handbag in the metaverse isn't going to be the same as it is in the real world. As you say, there are reasons why it might be more valuable, but there are also lots of reasons why that could be less valuable, because um, it's primarily because it's you know intangible. Um, so I suppose yeah, it made me think that maybe actually people should start approaching these NFTs based on the value that they think it would have to their their life, um, rather than you know what the market is saying the value is, because as we've seen. You know, when a market's very inflated or it's crashed, then the value that's being presented isn't isn't quite accurate. Mm. Yeah, and, and this is the problem with markets, of course, isn't it? We're, we're saying we're still in this phase very much of speculation, and mm. people are still willing to gamble on the hope that they might make make a fast buck out of it. But I think, as you say, when things settle down and people start to realise, well, how much value does a picture of a monkey really have for my online persona? You think, well, 10p, I don't know, something like that, as, as opposed to £10,000. But uh, it's it's interesting, isn't it? And then it's going to be fascinating to see how these things develop going forward. So I think that brings us quite nicely to the end of this particular discussion. Um, so um, I think we will leave it there. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the In The Zone podcast with Mike Ryder and Josh Hughes. For more podcasts and interesting chat, visit inthezonepodcast.com.